Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Bros Video Game Music Podcast. Yes, you are. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. I momentarily forgot the name of our show. You're listening to, <laughs> what's it called again? We've only done, you know, like 207 episodes. Oh my gosh, we've done a lot of these. Guys, uh, this is another Patreon-suggested episode. This comes to us from one of our most supportive fans, Claire. The topic today is mobile games. This is something that we had the idea of doing uh, about a year or two ago. Uh, for whatever reason, we kind of put it on the back burner. But once we saw that Claire suggested it, we had to go with it because it's a great idea. And, you know, to, we've played some of this music before from, you know, some games that we've featured before. But to play all of it in context, you know, in conjunction today is going to be really interesting. I think when we leave this episode, we're going to be able to kind of hear what are some unique compositional elements that you hear in mobile video game music. Well, something that I will say say that is very exciting is a lot of these games um these soundtracks came out after we had already started the podcast the idea of you know like in our first season of the show doing a mobile games episode i don't think it really would have excited us all that much not to say that there wasn't good music being done on ios and android games but i think there's just been uh so much money and love and attention being poured into kind of indie developed games, games for mobile, you know, I think a lot of big third party developers are starting to take it more seriously. And it's kind of just, I have to pinch myself a little when you look at today's playlist, how many just big names are on here? You know, we have people like, you know, Peter McConnell and Yoko Shimomura, Nobuo Uematsu. Uh, it's just kind of crazy. Danny Baranowski. I mean, you have people like Grant Kirkhope as well, who are also working in mobile games. It's just kind of, uh, it's staggering to think, um, how many kind of classic big name game composers are working on mobile in addition to yeah. all the wonderful work being done by independent developers and independent game composers as well. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. And there's actually one, so Will kind of mentioned that some of this music is, is current. All of it is, is fairly modern. You know, we've only had smartphones for, you know, a decent number of time because, you know, when I was in high school, I had a Nokia flip phone. The only game I played was Snake. There was no sound at all, definitely no music. So, you know, mobile video games, uh, as we know them today, are a fairly new kind of subgenre. So there's actually one title today that literally just came out. Like as we're recording this, the soundtrack was released like this day. So that's going to be exciting. What you guys heard playing in was um, a pretty unknown uh, mobile game called Major Magnet. And I only know that because the composer I'm a pretty big fan of, his name is T. Lopez. And that track was called Neon Utopia. Pretty groovy stuff there. So now we're going to move on to something that Will and myself are very familiar with. This is probably one of our favorite um, mobile games that we've played in a long time. This is is Tiny Wings. And this is actually an example of a game that came out before we started doing the show. I remember the One first the few, time yeah. um, playing this game. I think it came out like my freshman year of high school or something. Uh, you know, but I mean, not a whole lot. Most of this stuff is the last few years or so. Um, but yeah. yeah, this Tiny Wings theme is incredible. And it's one of those sort of countless examples in video games that are really inspiring to me where the person who developed the game also composed the music. Um, the composer of this game is the developer, Andres Illiger. Pretty crazy, um, huh? Yeah, and it's a great theme. I, I think it's uh, something that I really like about it is, to me, it's sort of established the precedent in my mind for how to score a mobile game in terms of form. Uh, I know there's been a couple projects that Carl and I have worked on where we've actually talked a lot about the way that Tiny Wings works, because since the game, when you're playing it, there's not really levels. It's just kind of, you play it 
for as long as you can you're trying to get a high score so what's so effective about the music is that you don't really feel the loop because it just goes on for so long and there's all these different i know sections. exactly what you're saying so let's play this track that we both really love this is the tiny wings theme composed by andreas illiger are listening to the very relaxing tiny wings main theme composed by andreas illiger this is such good background music it's really effective because he incorporates sound effects within the track you know you hear some ocean sounds some bird sounds that's really all you need for a game like this you know you don't really need any other sound effects you definitely don't need another piece of music because this is so relaxing you could play this for just a long time and you know the it's a long track so it takes about like three minutes before the loop comes in but if you were good enough you could have this loop like four times and you probably wouldn't get sick of it you know sure yeah i mean it's just so long there's so many different sections the other thing um yeah it's a really bubbly fun piece of music and it is melodic but it's not necessarily catchy in the same way you know it's not the kind of theme that you go it's kind away of leaving. melodic maybe yeah, you it's... sing some of the sections but it, it doesn't really feel like there's a main theme to it there's just all these different tiny small ideas that fade in and out well it's kind of hard when a track like this has such heavy use of arpeggios where it's like is that a melody or is that just an arpeggio that happens to be memorable and like sure. pleasing you know for me it kind of feels like this track is made up of a bunch of pleasing arpeggios um maybe you could consider it a melody but it's kind of irrelevant whether or not you do because the purpose of this track isn't necessarily to be catchy it's just to be in the background to be relaxing you know it is worth noting that a lot of this music today unfortunately uh might go unheard by the listener because a lot of people play these games with the sound off mm-hmm. well I-, I think something that's great about this is it both captures and sort of establishes uh, the emotional tone that I think the players communicated with the game Tiny Wings uh, because yeah. like I mentioned a little bit earlier the nature of the gameplay is you're sort of trying to outrun the sun um, you can only go until the sun sets and the more successfully you play the game the faster you go and you can kind of outrun the sun it's a really sort of creative idea I'm sure mm-hmm. most of you have played it uh, but what's great about the music is it's very laid back it establishes sort of the tropical atmosphere of these little islands and it really to me it's the emotion when I'm playing the game it's not really anxious it's not like this anxiety like ooh, high pressure race it's very laid back and just kind of feel good and I think that's why a lot of people 
like playing games like Tiny Wings because they're just simple. They don't require a whole lot of thinking. You know, just when you have a few minutes to spare, you just play a little Tiny Wings. For sure. Well, now we're going to move on to um, a mobile soundtrack that was composed by Matoy Sakuraba. What's really cool today is I think a lot of people, um, if they if they didn't know, they probably would be surprised at how many big name composers are active in the mobile scene. It really is surprising even to me. You know, and I'm plugged into all this stuff. I still am surprised that we're we're hearing composers such as Matoy Sakuraba and even bigger names today. It's just absolutely crazy. This is a RPG game called Valkyrie Crusade. It's kind of like a card battle RPG game. We're going to play a track called Slash of the Maiden's Sword. Here we go. Epic track. You guys are listening to Slash of the Maiden's Sword. This is from the mobile soundtrack Valkyrie Crusade, composed by one of my favorites, Motoi Sakuraba. This is a lot of fun. And you know, it's another case similar to Tiny Wings, a really long form here. This is even a longer form. It takes probably about, again, maybe two to three minutes, uh, even longer for this to loop back. Uh, which I think is cool. You know, when we think about the traditions of handheld music, which if I were to be working on a mobile game, I would kind of approach it from the handheld perspective. And so much of that music was so short, like even shorter than some of the console loops you heard in the heyday of the 8-bit and 16-bit era. So it always surprises me and impresses me when I hear tracks like this that are so kind of long. They're longer than they really need to be, but I think, you know, as the game player and as the listener, I think you're rewarded for that. Uh, I don't know. It's This is just a track that could fit in a console RPG just as much. Well, the thing that's different about mobile games than handhelds is with a lot of these mobile games, they're being done on touch devices, so you don't have as many inputs. So a lot of the that's games true. require just one input where, you know, you just tap the screen. It's about how long you hold something. Or, you know, you have a game like Fruit Ninja where you're using a swiping mechanic. But at the very least, it's safe to say that it's it's really hard to, you know, there haven't been a lot of really successful, like, platform games you know that require all kinds of motion and everything Mm -hmm. and so i think the nature of a lot of these games it's going back to sort of the arcade heritage it's simpler kind of ideas yeah Um, but what's unique is a lot of old 
older arcade games where it was just about getting high score, there were no music. So there, you have some of these, in cases like this, where you have Motoi Sakuraba, who's like a classic video game composer, but then a lot of times you have these new guys, and they're scoring music to games that have never really been scored before. Yeah. You know, And that's why what's interesting is we think of mobile games as maybe not being as serious, but in comparison mm-hmm. to old school games, they actually sometimes need to require longer forms because the gameplay is a little bit unbroken. It lasts however long you feel like playing That's a good point, Will. You know something else that is unique about mobile games? If you just look at the playlist here, you know, we have our playlist open on iTunes here, and I'm looking at the artists, and this is a rare episode because it's almost a 50-50 split, Eastern composers versus Western composers. It's really cool. You know, there's a lot of... um, pretty active Western composers in the mobile game scene. Way more than you get in the console sphere, and definitely way more than you got in kind of the heyday, which is, you know, I feel like maybe slightly most of the music we play on the podcast. So it's cool to see that. We're going to probably hear some differences, too. So now let's move on to a track from Super Hexagon. This was um, one of the submissions that Claire wanted us to play from. Uh, I know a lot of people really like this this music here from Super Hexagon. It's by Chipsel, uh, and she's a pretty popular European chip tuner. So let's take a listen to this track called Focus from Super Hexagon. guys are listening to Focus from Super Hexagon. This is by Chipsel. If memory serves, I believe she is from Ireland, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, pretty popular chiptune composer. And this is probably one of the more popular uh, mobile soundtracks that we're featuring today. Uh, yeah, this is this is pretty cool stuff. Uh, this kind of reminds me of that episode we did on modern chiptunes. It's kind of in that style. Sure. Techno, dance music, um, featuring a lot of kind of moving colors. Not the most melodic thing in the world. I don't think it's necessarily trying to do that. It's just trying to groove and it's trying to be energetic. And it, I mean, it's, it's definitely energetic. I think this is good background score. Well, I think it's something that we talked about on the modern chiptunes episode where with a lot of that modern chiptune stuff, there's this level of self-awareness to the music that they're using the synths for kind of, um, not necessarily irony, but there's sort of like a cool retro factor to them. It's not the same well, way Well, it's like a that, futuristic nature too, you know? Right, yeah, it's not the same way that, you know, composers in the 80s and 90s were doing it out of necessity. This is sort of a choice, so I think they're trying to capture the really digital qualities of the timbre. I think this is a really cool track. You it's know, it's well funny done. that you mentioned, you mentioned how mobile games 
possibly have some sort of lineage from handhelds, at least just in the nature of that, you know, playing games on our phone is a handheld. Yeah. Um, but the instrument sounds here really remind me of Game Boy. I'm not sure what she's using, but it kind of sounds a little bit like, uh, I don't know, Game Boy hardware, Game Boy sounds a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. I know that's kind of the the de facto standard for most chip tuners these days. You know, it's interesting. You know, I would say that the bulk of average kind of popular modern chip tunes that I hear, um, it's not really the kind of music I listen to on my own. I'm always impressed by it, but I guess for me, I kind of want to hear more melodies. And like when I'm hearing well, it's those It's not chips, what you're looking for from video games. It's kind of things that... Mm-hmm you know they they share a similar coat of paint but um right you right. know the, their insides are are very different you know a track like this is appealing to sort of different things i feel like almost the difference between you you and i and maybe people who are really into kind of uh, modern chiptune stuff is that it's like we kind of like old school video game music sometimes in spite of the sounds and i think a lot of people um, maybe like old school video game for the sounds and they like the modern chip tunes for the fact that they're using those sounds where to me it's like what I love so much about old school video game music is that even though they had all these limitations and these sort of displeasing uh, sounds they were able to compose exactly. really beautiful memorable music well now we're going to move on to something I was kind of alluding to as far as heavy hitting console game composers moving into this new sphere. This is a game called Terra Battle, and it was composed by Nobuo Uematsu, and I feel like he has done uh, a decent amount of mobile soundtracks as of late. This is one example, and one thing that's even crazier about this example, not only was it composed by Nobuo Uematsu, there was a few tracks also composed by Yoko Shimamura as well as Yasunori Mitsuda. So, yeah, this is a mobile game. Uh, we're going to take a listen to a really slow, soft, beautiful piece called Evening at the Tavern, once again from Terra Battle. You guys are listening to a beautiful track called Evening at the Tavern. This is from Terra Battle, which is a mobile game that was composed primarily by Nobuo Uematsu. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. This is my favorite track so far of the day. Um, man, this is, this is so great. I absolutely love Uematsu. And what's so cool about hearing his work, you know, in mobile games like this, is I sense this um, 
different level of freedom where he doesn't feel like he's restrained. He probably doesn't have to answer to a lot of people. He probably had complete freedom and control over composing this music. And that's kind of what I get here. It feels very free and natural. Will was, we were talking while we were playing this, he's like, why can't Koji Kondo do stuff like this? Why doesn't Nintendo make mobile games? You know, just imagine Koji giving the opportunity to work on a mobile game where he had complete freedom over the music once again. It's just, it's pretty sad. And honestly, he may only have to write like one track or a few you could write like three pieces of music for you know yeah nintendo for some reason just are i don't know i feel like there's a lot of missed opportunities um in the mobile sphere that they're not picking up on yeah it's it's hard but yeah uematsu is i mean one of the greats one of the godfathers he's um, got chops for days medium and it's really cool i don't know that he's sort of still (laughs) he's still in it you know yeah, he's still is in he with ever. the best of them. Yeah, it's he's kind still of inspiring. It's almost like uh, I don't know. The other day, Marty got the uh, the score for the Force Awakens suite. Yeah, I saw that. And, you know, he's been texting me, you know, some images of the score so I can kind of look at it too on my own. Um, but it's just I don't cool. know. It's really inspiring to think you know, how old John Williams is, how much influence he's had on culture and the world and film music, and that you know the biggest movie of this year, one of the biggest movies of all time was still scored by in the same way by well, the same guy. Well, it's not just that he's doing it. They haven't lost their touch, you know. This Uematsu example and Williams and, you know, these composers are are still doing just as good of a job as they ever did. And that's what I think is so impressive too. Not, right. They're not just doing work. It's like impressive to be working at that age, but they're still doing great work too, you know. Um now we're going to move on to a game called Cannabalt, and this was composed by the wonderful Danny Baranowski. Very fun composer. Has a very um, kind of iconic style. Uh, I'd say he, he composes a lot of kind of electronic dance music, but something about his style is kind of... Um, a slightly out of control. Like I never know exactly what to expect. And there's kind of this quirky humor to it. That that's cool. This is a track called Run, again from Cannibalt. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Run from Cannibalt, composed by Danny Baranowski. 
Will, if there, if there is a way that you could describe Danny's music, like, w- what do you think are some things that make it stand out to you or kind of make Danny's music his own? Uh, you know, when I think of it, I, you know, I said before, a lot of electronic sounds, um, very active. The beats are always very loud and, and, um, and, and groovy. Uh, I don't know. There's something about his music that when you listen to it, you kind of know that you're listening to him. Well, I think he's a very skilled technician. Uh, he has a lot of tools at his disposal and he has great facility um, in using them. I, I think his music is composed in a similar style to like a lot of that modern chiptune stuff where I agree. it's about the sounds, it's about the grooves, it's it's broader picture things. I, I don't really picture him, you know, sitting down at a piano and composing this stuff. I picture him, you know, opening his digital audio workstation and just finding some cool synths and making things up as he's sort of mm-hmm. going, building it in the computer, which is perfect for this kind of thing. Perfect. You know, Carl and I have done a couple pieces over the years that are a little bit sort of like we were asked to make like techno music. And that's mm-hmm. sort of the way we did. I mean, we also compose at the piano, but, you know, you just come up with these small little ideas and introduce them throughout. And yeah. it's a lot of sort of trial and error. And I think that's a really cool style of well, composition. Well, you know, I was, I was talking to Will uh while we were listening to this, I'm so glad that there are so many different kinds of composers and so many different kinds of music. Because, you know, the way that Will and myself compose is so different than someone like Danny Baranowski. So I'm so glad that all of this music can exist, you know, because we would never in our wildest dreams think or be even able to come up with something like this. Something that is so... Well, I think what's um, wonderful about music in general is I think sometimes... We, we like, I don't know, for simplification, we split the world into two kinds of people. It's like there's musicians and there's non-musicians. But the reality is music is something that appeals mm-hmm. to pretty much everyone. And there's so many people who are either, you know, play music or write songs or compose or write music. That you, it really covers the entire spectrum in terms of how people can create, whether it's yeah. improvising or, you know, being very thoughtfully composing. You know, I, I mean, when you think of like some of the things happening in like modern concert music that are very experimental, it's like that's such a different process from, you know, something like this or yeah. even something like... I don't know, John Williams or a lot of the old classical composers, that style Basically, of Basically, what I was trying to say is that I'm glad that all of it exists because, <laughs> I don't know, it just, no matter what you're into, you're going to find something there out there for you. So now we're going to move on to one of my favorite composers. This is Naoshi Mizuda. He did a great job with Final Fantasy Dimensions. Now we should say, um, I don't I don't know if we're cheating because every single game was released for a mobile platform, but this was a game that came out for iOS as well as the DS. So this isn't an exclusively mobile game. So hopefully people don't kind of raise their nose to us for, for that. So Final Fantasy Dimensions, let's take a listen well, to a really I pretty piece say, of music. Y- you could say a DS is mobile. It's pretty small. and It's uh, kind it's of a, mobile. It's a mobile little system. It's not a mobile, though. We will yeah. all agree that. Um, well, let's play a track called The Wind Blows Over My Hometown. Here we go.
You guys are listening to The Wind Blows Over My Hometown. This is composed by Naoshi Mizuda from Final Fantasy Dimensions, which came out for iOS as well as the DS. Um, this kind of sounds similar to the DS here. Um, yeah, a little like, bit crisper, though. It's like Super Nintendo 2.0. <laughs> it's like higher fidelity yeah. SNES music. Well, I think it makes sense because, you know, these soundtracks are so long. There's so many pieces of music that they probably had to, you know, cut corners with compression and samples. Well, I mean, when you think Final Fantasy, that is really what I think of. Because, right. I mean, games like Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII also kind of have that same general MIDI sample sound that yeah. the three SNES games did. Absolutely. Well, that's a pretty piece of music. Uh, I'm a fan of that score. We're going to now move on to one of the most popular mobile games of all time. Yeah, this, this is, is this Angry is really Birds. like the, the Pac-Man. Yeah, the Pac-Man of iOS, Android games, mobile games. For sure. You know, Angry Birds is such a phenomenon. So much so, there's that movie coming out with Jason Sudeikis. Absolutely, the which looks... Angry Birds movie. Mm, I don't think I'm that excited to see it. We'll see. I we'll am see. curious, though. Every time they make a video game movie, I'm really curious in terms of the music, especially something like Angry Birds, where it does have a very iconic theme. If any of that music will somehow get worked be nice. into the score, I'd be very curious. I mean, about that. it'd be particularly nice for this gentleman, Ari Pulkinen, <laughs> because he composed uh, Angry Birds. So that'd be great if they use that theme. Let's take a listen to the main theme from Angry Birds. You know, it's interesting. I think for both Will and myself, uh, when I think of mobile music, the first thing that pops into my head is probably this. Uh, the instrumentation, the, the goofiness, the cuteness. The, uh, this kind of music is what I first think of when I think of mobile music. But what I will say is that we're already approaching almost a new era because this is pretty old for, for mobile music. You know, I feel like this might be maybe kind of the previous generation of what mobile music was. And now I feel like we're going to start to hear things that are just, you know, pretty much similar to anything else you're well, going to hear. I'm, I'm, I'm sad about that because I was really excited, you know, when games like this were starting to come out that this was a vehicle for, you know, lesser known composers to get opportunities. And it was sort of a return to form in terms terms of melodic, catchy video game music. I mean, I, I've heard Ari yeah. Pulkinen talk about how when he was composing this theme, he knew that, you know, this would be a game that would be played by a lot of people and he wanted to make something really memorable, make sort of an earworm. And I just love, I think this has a really catchy melody, almost frustratingly so, but it's the kind <laughs> of thing that you can just picture little kids singing. I mean, I think a big part of it has to do with a lot of those repeated notes, but some of those devious little chromatic turns just really make the melody kind of infectious and memorable. Sure. I mean, this game is almost seven years old now, which is absolutely crazy to think. Uh, that's, a, that's a long time. So yeah, yeah, very iconic music there from a very, very popular game. 
let's move on to a beautiful soundtrack. This is Grand Blue Fantasy, once again composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Uh, when I heard this, I was like, what? First of all, I was like, why is he doing a game only for iOS? And second of all, why is it this good? I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't say that, but it, I don't want to say it's wasted, but how many people have really played this game? I, I feel like... I don't know, at some point they should release this music in some other console entry or something because it's absolutely See, gorgeous. See, you're, you're showing your hand as an old fogey. Mobile is I the think way I of am. the future. But uh, still, I mean, are not I would want to see. I would want to see the sales figures of how many units this game sold. I mean, I don't know. I've never... I'm, I'm sure it's done pretty well. Let's hope so. Uh, we're going to play a track called Sleeping Place of the Great Wing. Really beautiful stuff from Grand Blue Fantasy. God, this is Sleeping Place of the Great Wing from Grand Blue Fantasy. This is one of the best pieces of video game music I've heard in a really long time. Uh, Excellent. When he dies, play this at his funeral. I mean, if they're ever going to make like a big, you know, the great songbook of Nobuo Uematsu, this has got to be in it. Yeah, this, this isn't is, the only I one, think one from of the his score. Best pieces. The score is incredible. Oh my it's god. So good. And and you know, Blow I am away. happy. I I did a little bit of googling, and this is doing well, at least in Japan. Uh, seven million, around seven million downloads, I think, in Japan. I think it was just released here like this month so we'll see how it does here um, well, but i think it kind of support it when download it i think it reunited some some of the old uh staff of some of the final fantasy games which is cool well we should support them everyone buy this game so that you can keep making wonderful soundtracks absolutely now let's move on to a game called threes and the track we're going to play is threes is the bee's knees by very popular person in the video game music scene particularly the remix scene but also does some original stuff of his own big giant circles let's take a listen to threes is the bee's knees Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Threes is the Bee's Knees from Threes, composed by Big Giant Circles. Hmm. Interesting. Will, what are your thoughts on this track? Well, um, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, I'm yeah. just going to be honest. Uh, something okay. that is a little bit of a bother for me is when a piece, especially if it seems sort of self-aware, you know, this chord progression seems like it's doing an intentional, folky, European, classical sort of thing. Oh, yeah. And so I, I always get bothered when people are doing music like that because the, it is coming from a little bit of a, not necessarily arrogant place, but sort of like a, I'm sending up a style, okay? And so I, one of my pet peeves is when people are doing that and it, it, it's not actually kind of following the rules of that thing. It's almost like doing an impression of someone and you're not capturing the true essence of what's funny or what's special about that person. Yeah, I can agree with and that. And some of these bit. chords just, I don't know, they, they don't really make a whole lot of sense. And it doesn't sound necessarily like a choice. It just kind of sounds like they weren't very thoughtfully done. And I mean, I, I know that Big Giant Circle is known for remixes but i mean the instruments here in the production isn't particularly impressive either i don't know it just kind of doesn't really work for me you know it's interesting it's pretty rare on the podcast that we have tracks that you know one of us is not the biggest fan of it happens once in a while but it's kind of surprising that it doesn't happen more often i think we both try really hard to to pick playlists of of awesome music and uh, yeah, every that's once a good in a point. while. I, I guess you dropped the ball this week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> no, here's the thing. This is um, a very valid piece of music. It, it may, it may, today, I, like a lot fine. of playlists, it's, just... it's made up of tracks that some of them um, we particularly like, and some of them are just really popular and a lot of other people really like, and that's the case with this track. I guess um, part I of think... it is you, you just can't get something for nothing. I mean, we can't go from that Grand Blue Fantasy piece that was just beautiful <laughs> and then go to something like this and say that it's also amazing because it's like then our word doesn't really mean anything. Um, so maybe it's just not fair to place this after that. I don't think, again, I don't think it's a bad piece of music. It just Well, it's also, there's know, nothing, nothing wrong special. with the fact that you're not a big fan of it. Because one of the great things about music is that it is subjective, shockingly. Right. Oh, no, there's a knock at the door. I think Big Giant Circles <laughs> has found me out. How big is he? Is he just a big circle? <laughs> no, sorry, he's be multiple circles. He's um, actually a sphere in, in real life. He's that is, a three-dimensional circle. A sphere circle. is infinite circles. Oh, okay, I will stop right now. Now we're going to move on to um, Pokemon, the trading card game online. It's an online version of an earlier handheld game. It was composed by Ichiro Shimakura, and it was uh, released for iOS. Let's take a listen to Normal Battle. Thank you. 
cool. You guys are listening to a track that doesn't really sound like a battle theme, but it is. This is Normal Battle from Pokemon TCG Online, which you can get for your mobile phone. Composed by Ichiro Shimakura, music originally composed for the Game Boy Color. Will, what do you think about this? I love it. It's it's very delightful. Isn't it um, so very Pokemon? <laughs> I haven't played the game, um, and I don't play a lot of Pokemon games. I don't know why. Not really necessarily a choice. I think it's just I've always been a little intimidated. I imagine it's like getting to this point in your life and never having played a Zelda game. Yep. You kind of just almost don't want to start because you know that you've already missed out on so many great things. It's just kind of daunting. It's almost like, you know, if someone asks you like, oh, you got to watch, you know, like Breaking Bad. And if you haven't seen it, it's like you're in debt. You're kind of like, yeah, I I don't want to have to watch like seven seasons of a show. You know, sometimes it's just a little daunting, but I I digress. Uh, I I can't really speak to as whether this is an effective battle piece or not, but it's really delightful. I I really like that sort of sequency B section. I think it wraps up very nicely. Really pretty, nice. I like how bass heavy this track is. It's very groovy. Boom, 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 boom. Really, really catchy stuff. Now we're going to move on to a track from Peter McConnell, the first of two tracks today from this gentleman. Uh, Really cool that he's in the mobile sphere as well. This is Plants vs. Zombies 2, which came out for a bunch of different things, uh, including mobile systems. Let's take a listen to Modern Day Final Wave. Here we go. quirky piece of music kind of like a surf rock song mixed with some sort of demonic banjo and i don't know what's going on in this this is modern day final wave composed by peter mcconnell from plants vs zombies 2 reminds me a little bit of the goofiness you get in games like sam and max uh very peter mcconnell uh, i don't know will what do you think about this i think it's it, the instrumentation super quirky uh, the track is. Well, it sounds fun like that and riff was written on a guitar. Uh, it it's, probably was. It's great to get something like this in a game. In general, the the melody is super interesting. I it's, I really like it. I kind of like melodies that have sort of like a nice, perfect little form to them that feels satisfying, but are accenting kind of odd notes harmonically it's a very um, odd melody that's for it's sure something I, I really like because it, it ends up feeling satisfying because it doesn't you know form wise it makes sense and it seems kind of nice and symmetrical um, but it's it's also you know kind of strange and I, I know you know we've talked to Peter a few times on the show and he's always sort of 
emphasize that slight quirkiness in some of his music, and For sure. I think that's one of the reasons we love him so much. Well, now we're going to move on to a brand new game. This is what I was talking about. This, as time of recording, just came out, the soundtrack. This is Supreme League of Patriots, which is uh, an adventure game, kind of a crime-solving superhero game, and the music is kind of like that swanky spy funk uh, groovy disco R&B kind of a sound. Uh, <laughs> Can you throw any more adjectives in there? <laughs> I probably could. And this was composed by Jake Kaufman. And it is all real instruments. So Jake actually is playing the bass and the guitar on this whole soundtrack. Um, so this track, I think definitely bass. You, c- you can hear Jake's playing. Um, it also features... Jim Skimanetti on sax, Jeff Ball on violin, um, Brian Burwell on drums, and Scott Whitney on trumpet. So let's take a listen to a really interesting track. This is Tech Room from Supreme League of Patriots. You guys are listening to Tech Room from Supreme League of Patriots. This is incredibly funky, incredibly jazzy, really well composed, really well performed. I would expect nothing less than uh, this level of quality from Jake Kaufman. Really funky bass playing from Jake as well. Jake Kaufman, I think, is my favorite, you know, of this generation of um, video game composers. Uh, yes, I, I, I absolutely. Agree. I, I don't think I've ever really listened to a piece of music of his that I didn't enjoy in some way. And most mm-hmm. of the things he does, I absolutely adore. I think he's incredibly versatile. Um, and it just, it, it's like, it, he's exactly what I want in a composer for honestly any medium because he has a love of the traditions of game music and he can do it to a T. I mean, something like Shovel Knight is paying such wonderful tribute. He can do these incredible modern groovy dance production pieces mm-hmm. that also feel like they're of the lineage of video game music. He can do wonderful kind of modern orchestral stuff. And then he can do something like this, which I mean, almost sounds like Taxi Driver. I mean, at this point, it's Jay so Kaufman 80s is, or 70s. He's no longer just like this guy in his basement making cool stuff you know he's a composer with a capital c you know i i I absolutely adore him i think what's what's so cool is you know that's been the case for a few years at least you know us being aware of that but now with his new studio mint potion studio and this you know soundtrack came out in mint potion records a lot of his his upcoming work is going to have real instruments going to be played by you know this house band that's probably going to be 
altering the the lineup here and there. But I I'm excited to hear what what we're going to hear from him going forward now that he has that studio uh, because his music played with real instruments is a is a, a match made in heaven absolutely because the the expression yeah. that you hear in the music is coming out in the in, in the playing so it's really cool stuff well, i think it's just cool listening to something like this and thinking like oh how did this guy get his musical start remixing video game music you know it's mm-hmm. like I, i'm just sort of I'm, I'm proud about that in that i imagine jake kaufman is someone where a lot of the things that are musically intuitive from for him came mm-hmm. from listening and playing and figuring out a lot of old school video game music you know and that's kind of that was his version of like an old broadway songbook or his mm-hmm. version of you know i mean i'm sure he also loves all kinds of music but i i, I just i don't know I'm, I'm proud of that he's someone who's an ambassador for um all the best that this medium has to offer and i just think he's always doing innovative work well, I'm excited to move on to this next soundtrack. This is called Ridiculous Fishing, <laughs> composed by Eric Surkey. And I'm familiar with that name. We've played some of his music before on the, on the old P-Cast. This is a cool track called Stormy Seas Down. I'm in love with this track. It's the coolest, quirkiest, prettiest thing I've heard in a long time. This is uh, Stormy Seas Down from Ridiculous Fishing by Eric Serkey. I love the combination. You know, you have real kind of, I guess that's probably ukulele you're hearing there played. Uh, FM, really funky FM bass, some square stuff. There's like an NES like triangle drum sound that you hear at some point. It sounds like video game music through and through, um, but it's very well composed. Will, what do you think about this track? This dude gets it. Uh, I'm a I'm a very big fan. Um, I when we were first playing this, uh, one of the first things I said is, "Oh my gosh, this guy loves music." Because uh, <laughs> the second you get to that beautiful one diminished chord, it was just kind of like, "Oh, okay, we're playing with a slightly more sophisticated harmonic toolkit." Right. Uh, yeah. It's not something I really associate with a lot of video game music, even. Um, definitely not something like this. Hearing this sort of lo-fi, simple sound. Um, mm-hmm. So I, it was really delightful. I thought the harmonies were incredibly rich. It felt a little bit of that old school vein where it's sort of like in every moment something is being harmonized to be as emotional and as sort of fulfilling as possible. I thought it had a great little melody. Very quirky, nice and simple and cute. But to me, that's an example you know, of a, a piece like that. It, it's not really pushing so hard. It's very simple. It's not... You know, it's not going all out, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you can take something like this. You can take a moment like this in score and video game music, and you can really um, kind of stretch out and explore a lot of more compelling things emotionally than I think a lot of composers do. Well, now we're going to move on to another great composer, Yoko Shimomura, and a heavy-hitting video game composer, once again, um, does work in the mobile sphere. This is Rise of Mana. We're going to play Where the Heart Beats Free. Thank you. 
This is really beautiful. You guys are listening to Where the Heart Beats Free from Rise of Mana. Will, what do you think about this? Wonderful Yoko Shimomura composition here. Yeah, it's really pretty. It reminds me of some of the stuff that she did in Kingdom Hearts. Um, yeah. Really lovely stuff here. I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> sometimes it seems like Japanese composers aren't as concerned with having up-to-date virtual instrument libraries. Um, a lot <laughs> of times you hear stuff that just kind of really sounds a little bit out of date i mean that's something we talked about when we did our east and west episode where if we had to generalize that a lot of the you know eastern composers are more concerned with a really quality composition and a lot of the western composers are more concerned with with the sound top-notch production i think in general i think you're right about that well guys we are going to go back to grand blue fantasy and we're going back to it for this week's track of the week it's called tragic composed again by Nobuo Uematsu. It's absolutely gorgeous. Probably the most beautiful piece of mobile video game music I've ever heard. And when I heard this, uh, it was the first thing I heard from Grand Blue Fantasy. I was absolutely blown away. So I'm excited to play Tragic, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. smokes uh this will surprise none of you listening but i freaking love japanese video game music (laughs) it's just unbeatable where else would you get this oh my gosh i love this so much you guys are listening to tragic it's this week's track of the week from grand blue fantasy by uematsu yeah japan is a great nation if for nothing else than just uh the composers that they have produced um yeah this is really beautiful it's hard to even know where to begin with something like this it really does speak for itself i mean just beautiful melodies beautiful performances 
just a very effortless uh, effect that the listener gets when they listen to this kind of feels like you've always known this piece of music your entire life in a way well now we're going to move on to a track from candy crush soda saga composed by johan holmstrom and will do you want to talk about maybe why this is fairly historic as far as a mobile game well, yeah. Uh, first of all, it's a sequel to Candy Crush, which was an incredibly successful game. Um, but f- this time around, they recorded the in-game music with the London Symphony Orchestra. Uh, no big which deal. Which is pretty notable. Yeah, this game was recorded <laughs> in Abbey Road with Crazy. the LSO, which is it's just For insane an to me because you know, Johan, Johan yeah. Holmstrom, it's not like he's this huge name in the video game industry or a huge name in like the film industry or anything. You know, he's the same composer that worked on the original Candy Crush. So um, it shows you how successful that game is that they had the budget <laughs> to do something like this. But it's a really delightful, beautiful little track. Um, yeah, I played well, it take on a show and tell to, episode uh, a few weeks the ago. The main theme from Candy Crush Soda Saga. Delightful. You guys are listening to the main theme from Candy Crush Soda Saga, composed by Johan Holmstrom. This is... I can't believe... I'm sorry, but I can't believe this is from a mobile game. This, <laughs> this is so great. I'm so happy that not only video game music, but mobile video game music is reaching a level of respect where this is even a thing. Yeah, so good. Great piece of music, regardless of what it's from, right? Well, the thing that's that's nice to me about it is it definitely when it starts off, that is what it feels like. Uh, I mean, the, having that mallet percussion, it's very accessible. It's very child-friendly. I mean, this is sort of the kind of thing that I was going for with, like, the Battletub uh, theme where I wanted it to, you know, feel in that world but i mean this is just so lovely and i just i love how far it goes you know it starts off the instruments that you're hearing are a little bit more conventional for something like this you know having xylophone and you know plucked strings and everything it's very kind of cute uh but you have no idea of the kind of lyricism that you're about to sort of endure throughout 
the course of it really kind of you know getting those wonderful octave string legatos that <laughs> the LSO has been asked to do on quite a number of occasions so it's just it's one it's wonderful to get that sort of bona fide orchestra sound you know well now we're going to move on to a game called device six and we're going to play a proper song you know lyrics vocals and everything this is a song called anna by the artist jonathan ang and it was featured in device six which is a mobile video game let's take a listen to anna listening to Anna from Device 6. This is by Jonathan Ang. A really cool song. Will, what do you think about this? I really like it. I think it has a uh, very kind of cute instrumentation. Mm -hmm. Um, Really kind of earnest and lovable. Uh, I also really like the melody. It feels like this could be the opening the opening song to some sort of like action movie or something you know yeah I don't know what kind of action movie maybe if it was like an animated movie It's kind of, I don't know, it's so cute, like those those horn it things. It's, there's something really, I don't know, to me it just came across as really sweet and innocent. Now we're going to move on to the last track of the day. This is from Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft, uh, another track by Peter McConnell. He did a great job on this score. Very relaxing piece of background music here called Pull Up a Chair. <laughs> it's good to see you again. Pull up a chair by the hearth.
gotta love our boy Peter McConnell. This is from Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft, and this is a mobile video game. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of nothing but mobile music. We want to thank Claire for her wonderful suggestion, as well as her support over the years. She's one of our favorites. Uh, so this was a really fun episode. Pretty long overdue. But Will, now that we've finished, uh, is there anything that you can think of, you know, listening to all this mobile music? Is there anything that kind of sets this apart from maybe console music or other music that we play in the podcast a lot? I mean, we've talked about some attributes in terms of form about things needing to have less frequent repeats because oftentimes the gameplay is just ongoing. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, you know, in terms of sound, we've really kind of... Uh, reach kind of a cr critical turning point. I mean, a yeah. staggering number of composers on today's playlist are people that have been working in the video game industry for decades and are kind mm -hmm. of heavy hitters that have contributed to the medium for a majority of its existence. I mean, somebody like Uematsu is, I mean, really one of the early prominent video game composers and people like Yoko Shimomura, and it's just insane. Yeah, it's uh, so definitely it, a legitimate subgenre of, of video game music, which, you know, video games in general are becoming more legitimate and more well regarded over as the years go on. So it's We exciting. should have played something from Pocket Defender, the uh, Android <laughs> game that we composed. We'll just give a um, shout out. Feel free to head on over to supermarcadobrothers.com. You guys can check out that Pocket Defender soundtrack as well as all of our music uh, at supermarcadobrothers.com. Every episode of this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on YouTube, and like us on Facebook. Uh, this is a great time. Yeah. Speaking of all that original music, uh, we recently uh, released a, a short little album. It's the soundtrack that we did to sort of a game that's still being in development, but mm -hmm. it's called Battletub, and that is actually a mobile game as well yeah very fun music we're gonna play you guys out with a track from final fantasy record keeper my name is carl brueggemann and i'm his brother will brueggemann have a great week everybody peace out mm -hmm.